So, before we get started, Caitlin, yeah, uh, I have a story to tell you. Okay. So, Let's Thursday morning, I woke up. Okay. And I got an alert that we received a comment on the A Journey Into Film website. Now, apparently, I had forgotten to share our Over Her Dead Body podcast on the website. Okay. So, this person commented on our Wicker Man episode, something that is quite embarrassing and something that I had feared doing and something that we had a very long conversation about me doing. In a way, this is my retraction for our Over Her Dead Body podcast. In what which happened? During Why did you not tell me about this? I need to know. Because I wanted to save your reaction for when it was genuine. Okay. And because this is the best format, obviously, to share this. Do you recall when I shared with you that I confused the names of Blake Lively and Lake Bell? Yeah. During the entirety of our Over Her Dead Body podcast, I mistakenly called Lake Bell Blake Lively. The whole time? The entire podcast. And neither one of us caught that. Neither one of us caught that. Oh, boy. So this is my formal apology to our listeners that... Thank you to Mysterious Listener on our website. I now am aware that I made the huge mistake. Oh, no. (laughs) That Blake Lively is not, in fact, Lake Bell. And Blake Lively is also not in Over Her Dead Body. That is so confusing. Okay. Blake Lively is. Who is she? I think she's married to Ryan Reynolds. Okay. I thought that was Eva Longoria. No, she... I don't know who she's married to. Who um, is she married to? Let's pull up a picture. This is Blake Lively. Okay. Blake Lively is she, in the movies... What is she in? She was in the Gossip show Gossip Girl. Girl. Okay. In the town. Okay. Age of Adeline. The Shadows. Blake Lively. She was in that recent movie with Anna Kendrick. A Simple Favor. Okay. So... That's who she is. She is blonde and not Lake Bell. All right, look up Lake Bell. I got to see a picture of these two. She is married to Ryan Reynolds. I thought so. And this is Lake Bell. Oh, they are very different. They are two entirely different people. And so... So Blake Lively is married to Ryan Reynolds. And is not in Over Her Dead Body. And is not in Over Her Dead Body. Who is Eva Longoria married to? I don't know. Let's look it up. Um, She is not the person I was thinking of. But she is also married to people that I don't even know. So it's fine. It's fine. So there's a lot of people and actors. So I apologize, listener. Thanks for... Not keeping me accountable to yeah. the mistake that I told you I was going to make. Yeah. We just added somebody in this movie that was not, so. Yeah. Would Blake Lively being in Over Her Dead Body be a better movie than no. what we got? Well, I don't know. Maybe she's a better actress because, e- not Eva Longoria. Um, Lake Bell. Lake Bell was bad. 
Like she just she just is a bad actress, I think, personally. I don't think she's well, talented. I liked her in Wet Hot American Summer. I see, I don't even remember her in that because she was like, in she was in the I think it was a T yeah, the T V show, first week of camp. Okay. And she was dating the main guy and she showed up with that uh the guy with the accent, the mystic guy. Oh yeah. See, she's such a like background character for me. I don't think her role like I I don't think that she fits well as a um, star in a romantic comedy movie. Yeah, definitely like That's not. just not what she's good at. I'm giving acting advice because I clearly know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, you know when a movie is bad oh, and you know gosh. when a movie's good. Yeah, so you I got, got that, that going, going for me. me. Speaking of which, welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast where my wife and I have a date night watching a bad movie, and then we talk about our thoughts and opinions. I'm your host. everyone cares about our thoughts and opinions. I mean, so every podcast that I listen to yeah. has this like, welcome to such and such podcast, right. the podcast where blankety blankety blank. Right. And I'm like, what do, what do I say? Like, oh, we're just, we're going to talk about. We're just rambling about movies. We really are, and hoping that people... Care. care about what we have to say right the one thing i think that we have going for us is that we don't talk about movies that just came out right. because we can't afford to go to the movies that often yeah people not rich over here yeah we just find movies for free on netflix and, and sometimes we rent them and sometimes. i get angry that we rent them because i can't imagine paying this much money for such a bad movie and in this case we own this movie because it's so great it is and it's prominently displayed on our movie shelf it really where is where it deserves to be yeah it took the place of chopping mall that's a little sad i'm your host Nigel <laughs> from a journey into film.com and with me as always is my faithful wife Caitlin hey there and in case you didn't read the episode title, this week we are talking about the 1998 film Urban Legend, directed by Jamie Blanks, starring a baby-faced Jared Leto, Aww, Alicia Witt, Leto. Rebecca Gayhart, Michael Rosenbaum, Loretta Devine, Joshua Jackson, and Tara Reid as herself. <laughs> Accurate. I like to imagine that every movie Tara Reid is in, she's, she plays herself. She's just playing herself. <laughs> yeah, I I could attest to that. I think she plays herself. Yeah, like in Sharknado. Oh yeah, in Scrubs as well. Oh yeah, I forgot she was in Scrubs, mm-hmm. playing herself. Playing herself. Caitlin, this is a unique movie. Indeed. In that it's not the quality of it is probably better than most movies that we've watched so far. Yeah, I would agree. But the story, as we've discovered, does not hold up under a under scrutiny. No. So would you like to share some initial thoughts with us, especially since you watched so much of it about 20 minutes ago? Yeah. Well, let's talk about how I fell asleep during this movie when we watched it. The first time yeah. or for this podcast? For this podcast. Okay. Probably the first time, too. <laughs> let's be real. But... So I, I rewatched parts of it, even though I've seen this movie several times. I wanted to like refresh. Twice. It feels like so many more times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to refresh myself on it. Um, so my kind of initial thoughts would be that it does not hold up well after several viewings because 
I constantly just have more questions for the movie. Like, wait, why is she killing this person? Wait, why is this happening? What does this have to do with the plot? So just more questions come up as you rewatch the film. Yeah. Before you get into everything that we're going to talk about, if our listeners care about who the killer is and want to be surprised by it, now would be a good time to pause the podcast, go watch the movie and come back to it. Yes. Right now. Okay. Now for all of you that have stuck around, uh, let's get into it. Okay. Do you have initial thoughts? I would love to hear your initial thoughts. I love this movie. Right. Because, so for a little background, this movie came out in 1998, Mm -hmm. and it's one of the many, many late 90s movies that tried to capitalize on the success of Scream. For those who want a little bit of a history lesson, the slasher genre was stale and full of terrible sequels of Friday the 13th, Halloween, um, what's the other one? Nightmare on Elm Street. And Wes Craven comes along, makes Scream, or Scream comes out in 1996, and it's kind of a teen slasher movie that also satirizes the slasher genre Mm -hmm. and points out all of the tropes at the same time. And studios, like they do, see that and they think, oh, what people want is more of this, is more of this failing to see the satirical nature of it. Right. They just think, oh, we we need less hockey masks and less gloved killers and more best friends murdering people. Yeah. And so we get movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer Mm -hmm. and Urban Legend, which has gone on to. Both of them have gone on to make multiple sequels. I know what you did last summer. That was a good movie. I didn't hate that movie. Yeah. It was I was pleasantly surprised. I was also pleasantly surprised. This movie pleasantly surprised me. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I highly enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. And so the the thing is, these movies, because they don't have supernatural beings murdering people, they have to rely on other gimmicks. And so in the case of Urban Legend, thanks to writer Silvio Horta. Sylvie, yeah, Silvio Horta. The gimmick is that this person is killing people based off of urban legends. Mm-hmm. Which is clever. It, you think that, you, you hear that and you think, oh, this is a good idea. Yeah. However, within the context of the movie, it doesn't make sense the longer you watch it and the more no. you try to scrutinize it. No, it does not. But I have some theories. You have some theories? Yeah. I also have a theory, okay. but it's not... I don't think there's enough evidence in the movie to suggest my theory, but yeah. it's how I try to justify Same. this movie. <laughs> um, I have a lot of questions and I will just ask them while we go through it. And this, the, uh, to kind of keep us on track, instead of going through the movie plot beat by plot beat, which, which we'll still do, uh, I thought it'd be interesting to go through it, uh, based on each of the urban legends that they have. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. So we should talk about which urban legends we've actually heard too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this first urban legend. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to get into I'm the plot of the movie? So ready. Yeah. I'm. You got. You so have so excited. many thoughts that you got to go. I do. The first urban legend. Yes. Actually, this is probably my favorite of the entire movie. Oh, mine too. Mine too. Um. Yeah. This is my favorite of the entire movie. The killer in the back seat. Mm-hmm. 
So the movie opens up with Michelle Mancini, played by Natasha Gregson Wagner, who apparently is somebody, but we have not ever seen her in anything. No. Except, well, she was in Lost Highway, but I don't remember her in that. And we haven't watched High Fidelity yet. Uh, She's driving along, singing to Total Eclipse of the Heart. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. In case you don't know what that is. Yeah. Now I don't have to put it in there. She's singing to it badly. Uh, which she wanted to do, and she was happy that she got to do, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. She runs out of gas. We don't know where she's going, but she right. pulls over at this gas station in the rain. And very sketchy self, like, very sketchy gas station where the gas attendant still comes out to the car to pump the gas. Yeah, and who is the gas attendant? Brad Dourif. I thought they picked a perfect person for that. Yes. Okay. First complaint of this movie. Ooh, all right. Already is that, getting into complaints. Yeah. There's not enough Brad Dourif in oh, this movie. Oh, agreed. He should... I don't know. I wish that they would have focused on him and this kill a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So Brad Dourif plays this, uh, this gas station attendant who comes out and he pumps her gas. She gives him her credit card and... He kind of gets this wide-eyed look looking in the back seat, and he also has a stutter. This is very important to note. Mm-hmm. He has a stutter. I mean, it's just a very creepy setting. Like, you see this guy, and if you're a female alone by yourself, your first instinct is going to be like, this guy might kill me. Yeah, which Brad Dourif is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. He's great in everything. Mm-hmm. He's famous for being the voice of the Chucky doll in the Child's Play series. Right. Uh, he's also in Lord of the Rings, if that shows you how good of an actor he is. And One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. He's, yeah, very talented. He is very talented. And I think too often he's considered this, like, horror actor. Yeah, but we, he has so much more he does. to offer. So he uh, comes back out. He's like, hey, credit card company's on the phone. They want to talk to you. So she hesitantly goes into the gas station with him and he locks the door. She sees that the phone is off the hook and we think, and she thinks, dude's about to try to murder her. Right. She pepper sprays him, fights him. She throws something through the... The, the phone. She throws the phone through the window. Oh, yeah, she throws the phone through we the window. We just also like, idiot, you could have used that to call the cops. She could have tried to call the cops because 911 is not too many digits. Right. But also she could have just unlocked the, the door. door. Right. Whatever. It's 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 chaotic. She doesn't know what's going on. She's just flailing about. Yeah. Fight or flight. She gets in her SUV. He tries to stop her and she drives off into the night. And this whole time he's stuttering, trying to explain himself, can't get it out. He's panicking. She thinks that he's trying to murder her because he's stuttering. And we all know that people with stutters are creepy murderers, especially gas station attendants. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And as she rides off into the night, he finally screams out, someone's in the back seat. Which, watching this movie for the first time and seeing that, like, I did legitimately think, like, he's going to kill her. Because that's, I guess it's not really an urban legend, but it's more just, like, a movie trope. Like, creepy gas station attendant, you're alone in the rain, you're going to get murdered. So I did, watching the movie for the first time, think, oh my gosh, he's going to kill her. 
Uh, so it was, it was definitely a game changer when he was like, someone's in the backseat. I was like, hold the phone. What? She did not hold the phone. She <laughs> threw that phone. The thing is, Brad Dourif is not credited in this movie. So I knew that he... Didn't like hang out. Yeah. And wasn't the killer. Makes yeah. sense. And knowing it was urban legend. Well, th- so there's a lot of urban legends I was not aware of in this movie. So right. he could have been... A killer. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you'd expect that from Brad Dourif. Yeah. Uh, so someone pops up in the back seat and somehow, even though they're in an SUV, finds enough room to, <laughs> to swing, swing an, an axe. axe and chop her head off right. and break the car window. And this is how our movie opens. Yeah. The backseat murder. Did you know that was an urban legend? Yes. Yeah. That one I was aware of. Me and I, I had a feeling starting the movie that that was like where they were going with it. I did at first until she pulled into the gas station. Then I was like, no, she about to get murdered here. Yeah. I, I had a feeling that it could have been like the hook handed man on the the door handle murder thing. The escaped lunatic or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I you know. So this movie opens up on a fairly solid note. Yeah, it's like you're already in it. Like there's a murder, boom. Yeah, and they're murdered based on an urban legend. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, okay, I'm on board for this. Yeah. However, as the movie progresses, mm-hmm. it falls apart. Yeah, agreed. But I, but I have theories on that that could hold it together. So okay, we'll see. We'll Please say. save this movie for me. Okay. <laughs> Um, then we jump ahead to the university cover-up, uh, urban legend, where our good old, he's not even, he's kind of like a a side protagonist, even though he's the highest billed actor in the movie, Jared Leto. Yeah. I think it's, was he really even that famous at this point? I don't think so. I'm just trying to think, like, why he was highest billed, because he really is more of a side person than anything. He, I mean, Requiem for a Dream hadn't even come out yet. Um, He'd done a couple, looks like, TV movies. Um, He'd done a couple movies, but nothing. Yeah, not not really anything much before. Yeah, I didn't know that he was in The Thin Red Line. That's interesting. Um, so he plays a journalist, student journalist, because this whole movie takes place at a university. Correct. And he, the dean is trying to, um, cover up this murder that happened to one of their students. Doesn't the movie really start out at the coffee shop, though? Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. So they're at the, we meet our core group of people core group of people paul jared leto natalie brenda parker damon and tara reed which so my first question in rewatching this movie is why are these people a group of friends because none of them really seem to like each other like um um the girl with the red hair um brenda brenda and then um, oh, oh uh, no, 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 Natalie. Natalie, Natalie and Brenda, they seem to be friends. Yes, like, they seem to be friends. Friendly and everything, but... And but, Damon and Parker seem to be friends. C- kind of, and, and Sasha too, but like, they but don't Sasha's seem to fit Parker, together. So she's yeah. kind of like a default a, friend. Okay, so she's there by default. I don't think she's actually there for that. Isn't she doing her radio show? I'm not sure. 
But they do set that up as like the core group of friends. That's true. And I just, I was confused by that because Parker doesn't really seem to like anyone besides Sasha. He Tara just Reed. wants people to look up to him. Yeah. And Damon, I don't really know. He, he, I guess he, I don't, I guess he was kind of friends with Parker, but then no one really seems to be friends with Paul. They just, uh, Brenda just wants a piece of that. Yeah. Sweet, sweet baby blue. Brenda just wants to be with Paul. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't know. I So that was just question number one. Why are these people a group of friends? Because they don't seem to like each other. Great question. Because we don't really see the whole group interact ever again no. in this movie. We just see individuals interact. Yes. And they sit together in class. Yeah. So maybe they're like class, class friends. friends. Okay. You know, that, that person that you're like, hey, we take this class together, but I don't really want to see you that much outside of class. I guess I can I can have that. Regardless, the this is a this is an important scene. Yes. I'm glad you brought this up. Because yes. they start talking about this murder that happened at a one of the dorms on campus, Stanley Hall, mm-hmm. back in nineteen seventy three. And Paul says, No, that's an urban legend. That's just one of the, every university has a massacre that happened at abandoned dorm buildings. Right. And they're like, uh, okay. Interesting to note also, Parker seems to be the know-it-all on urban legends because that's necessary for the movie. Yeah, we need someone to narrate that for us. Yeah, which was nice because being someone who isn't as familiar with urban legends, it's nice to have someone on screen explain things for us. Yes, I love exposition. Yes. But it's after this that we see the dean and Loretta, the campus security guard, uh, whose name is Reese in the movie, trying to take all these papers that Paul had written for that are uh, that talk about Michelle's death. Yes. And and we also see. Natalie get angry at Paul for she says he's ex like exploiting exploiting the yeah. death um more confusion with that is what he's re- <laughs> he's reporting a death it's not like he's he's getting paid for this it's like it's his job yeah as a journalist to report news a girl on your campus dies by someone killing her in the back seat I think that's worthy of reporting on. Follow-up question. They somehow seem to know a lot of details about how she died. Like she was listening to Sasha's radio show? Yeah, somehow they know that they were listening to Sasha's radio show. Which wasn't even true. No, it was, because you remember she She switches. Yeah, she changes from the radio show to the song. Yeah, so that wasn't the last thing she was listening to. I know, but Sasha throws that in there because it's Tara Reid and she... Everything's about her. <laughs> but <laughs> um, they also seem to know that someone was hiding in her back seat. Yeah. That chopped her head off. Which the police don't even say that or know that. They claim that their suspect is the gas station attendant. Yeah. Side note, um, we should have followed that story a little bit more. Uh, yeah. I think he should have been more of a suspect from the beginning. Agreed. And... Like, what do the police do? Because we never really see them in the film at all. Huge flaw with this movie. The campus security guard, Reese, is the only 
police-like figure that we see in the entire movie. Yeah. In fact, somehow she has the strength and capacity to work (laughs) 24-7. She does. Without being tired. Mm -hmm. Because we never see another campus security guard. Yeah. (laughs) At all. So maybe we should follow her story. We should follow her story. What is she on? (laughs) What is she on? I need some of it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is the university cover up because Paul's like, Dean, you this is freedom of speech. You can't do this. And they're right. like, yes, we can. Mm-hmm. Can you think of anything else in that scene? No. Um, we get a moment where Brenda and Natalie do Bloody Mary in front of the abandoned building, which is half of an urban legend because i thought you had to do that in front of a mirror yeah i thought it was in front of a mirror as well uh interesting fact also this is a well the third movie in the series is called bloody mary so we have not watched that yet but we will i feel like it's gonna be in front of a mirror in that one yeah probably Hmm. i imagine that they'll get it right the third time (laughs) third time's the charm um Then they're in their American folklore class, and the teacher, played by Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger, he is teaching about urban legend, and he mentions the, what's the the babysitter, the calls coming from inside the house, Mm -hmm. and he brings up a very valid point about urban legends, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, who's heard of this? And Brenda, like an idiot, says, yeah, that totally happened to a girl in my town. Right. And then he tries the Pop Rocks and soda thing on her, and she refuses to drink the soda because it'll blow up her stomach. Right, because give it to Mikey, died from that. Oh, yeah. Mikey will eat anything. Yes. Okay. Did you know about the Bloody Mary one? That that was an urban legend? Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you know about the babysitter in the house? Yes. Okay. And then what about the Pop Rocks and Soda? Yes. Okay. So I am totally all on board with these two. Heard of all of them. Okay. I'm glad you're keeping track of that because I forgot that we were keeping track of these. No, we need to because they go off the rail a little bit. Yeah. Uh, So she refuses to drink the soda, but you know who will? Damon. Because he's a cool guy. Mm -hmm. And he comes up. Dawson's Creek boy. I was going to save that. Oh, for when they played in the car? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, he drinks the soda and then pretends to die in front of Ugh, everyone. Which is the grossest scene. Oh, yeah, because he's like spitting up blue oh, foamy soda oh, all over his face. So and gross. He's very committed to this act. He is. Did you know anyone in any of your classes that would be that committed to a bit like this? No. It could have been where I attended university, but No. You sound like some kind of European. Where I attended <laughs> university. Gotta sound more pretentious than I am. Yeah. We gotta make this podcast a little classier. Yeah, come on, Nigel. Damon, being the sweet guy that he is. <laughs> sweet guy. Decides no. to console Natalie over the death of her friend Michelle. So he says, hey. Right, because we, we find out that Natalie knew Michelle because yeah. she randomly has her high school yearbooks at college well, with her. they were besties. We find out later that they yeah, were but best why friends. does she have her high school yearbook at college? I didn't bring my high school yearbook to college. Oh, okay, let's talk about this scene for a second. Because this has been a 
significant debate between you and me. Okay. Yeah. I need someone to settle this debate. I need someone to settle because I listened to it again and I do not get the same vibe that you got again. Like watch the scene again. Is the is the first one when she comes in? She and, turns on the light. Oh, and her roommate's having sex yes. in there. Okay, if you are in college and you have a roommate and they're having sex, it is common courtesy to hang something on your door to indicate, hey, I'm having sex in here. Maybe you don't want to come in. Yes. Like, she cannot go into her own personal living space and get in trouble for turning on the light. She doesn't know. Right. You're not wrong. However, what's weird about that is she decides to stay. She doesn't yes, open the door, and turn leave. on the light and say, oh, <laughs> what? My roommate's having sex. Yeah, I agree. I and agree. She, she should have laughed. <laughs> she decides to just put her headphones in and roll over and try to sleep. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I agree with that. 100%. 100%. Natalie is a terrible roommate. Okay. First of all, no. Because, um... Why would she stay if she wasn't a terrible roommate? Okay, she shouldn't have stayed. That's that's weird. But also, we don't know how often this girl's having sex. And maybe, maybe Natalie's just gotten to the point where, like, I can't sleep because she's always having sex. Ta- Tosh, right? Yeah. Tosh is always having sex. So maybe she's just, like, gotten, like, well, I either have to put my headphones in and suffer through this or I'm not going to sleep tonight. I mean, how, how we don't long know. is that sex? We don't know. Last? We don't know. We don't know the background. No. I will say it's weird that she stayed. 100% agree with that. I don't think it makes her a bad roommate. I think Tosh should have indicated, hey, having sex in here. Other than the grunts and moans of having sex. You don't know what she's doing? That's true. Anyways. That happens earlier. And then the phone thing happens before she goes out with Damon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it does happen before she goes out with Damon? Yes. Okay. So then Natalie comes in. Tasha's on the computer doing mm-hmm. her thing. And Natalie's like, I need to use the phone. No, I watched it again. And that is not what happens. She comes in and she looks at Tosh and Tasha's on the computer. And she goes to pick up the phone and she gets the dial signal that you used to get when your phone and internet Because dial-up internet. <laughs> Which is so old. Anyway, so she... Picks up the phone. She's like, um, Tosh, excuse me. She, that is literally how she says it, Nigel. That is literally, okay. I, I made for certain to pay attention to that scene again. Okay. Gonna, gonna politely disagree with you. No, that's, that, I will play it for you right now. That's what happens. Okay. She, okay. She walks into her room. Yes. She sees her roommate is on the computer. Yeah. She doesn't say, hey, do you mind if I can use the phone? Mm -hmm. Even though her roommate is on the computer, they know they have dial-up. Why does she even bother to check the dial tone on the phone, knowing that her roommate is on the computer? Right. And she says, uh, excuse me. Like. No, not like, uh, excuse me. She doesn't. She says, um, Tosh, excuse me. Because Tosh doesn't pay attention to her when she says, um, Tosh. So she says, excuse me. And then Tosh goes, it's my internet too. And then like storms out of the room. Okay. Natalie has a bit of a tone whenever she speaks to her in that scene. No, I disagree. Someone settle this debate. Watch that scene and tell me what you think. Cause I don't think she was being mean. I don't think she was being mean. I think she was being a little snippy with her. 
I think that they're both bad roommates. Yeah, they should not have been together. No. And they should have put in a roommate change request form. Yes. If you would like to settle this debate, please leave a comment on our Facebook page. Yes, please. Please. (laughs) Okay, so Damon says, hey, girl, what up? Let's go out. I'm going to console you. Mm -hmm. They drive to the middle of nowhere. He opens up a very classy can of beer. Yes. Offers it to her. And, oh, whenever he starts his car, the Dawson's Creek theme starts playing. Would you like to sing us some? I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. (laughs) It's pretty great. Because Joshua Jackson was in Dawson's Dawson's Creek. Creek. So very appropriate. Alongside James Vanderbeek, who should have been in this movie as well. That would have been fantastic. I know. Could you imagine um, Michael Rosenbaum's part? Yeah. Parker. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That would be very, very funny. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, he drives her to the middle of nowhere, and he makes up some nonsense story about a girlfriend that died mm-hmm. so that he can relate. Get any, so, yeah, so he can relate, and he thinks the solution to his problems, his fake problems, and Natalie's real problems is to make out and hook up in his trashy car. Mm-hmm. He then is rejected several times. I think he gets hit in the face. Yes. She hits him in the face. Because he does not take no for no. No. Hashtag me too. Right. He decides he's going to go pee. Yes. Which is weird. Yeah. Leaves the car. Then we hear rustling on the roof of the car. Mm-hmm. Natalie thinks that he's playing a prank when, in fact, he's being hung up to the tree by the killer. The rope goes up over the branches around the tree to the bumper of the car. Yes. And basically he can like he he wouldn't have been hung had she not moved the car because he can kind of get his footing on the car enough to breathe. He's alive as long as he's tiptoeing on the car. Yes. But then Natalie is freaked out by the killer. Right. Let's pause for a second. Okay. We should describe what the, the killer is wearing. An Eskimo coat? A parka. I think it's a... Is that a parka? I, I'm not for certain. I've always heard it as an Eskimo coat. It's a very heavy we know winter how coat. I was raised, so... It's a very heavy winter coat. Right. With a fur-lined hood pulled up, and you cannot see the killer's face. Correct. Uh, at one point, you realize that the killer might be wearing a ski mask also because you only see one eye. Right. They're, the, they're actually called both. Eskimo coats and parkas. Okay, so we were both right. Yeah. Go team us yeah she uh the this movie was supposed to take place in the winter time mm-hmm. it's actually called an eskimo parka okay more precise so literally both correct okay all right okay. I, that'll be good to know for whenever i cosplay as this oh that's such a good idea um th- th- so this killer appears in front of the car freaks out natalie natalie decides to try to drive away but damon's car is a piece of crap correct and does not start right away. But she figures it out. Bangs up, on the car a couple times. Ends up killing Damon in the process. Because right. Because she, she drives off. Hangs him. Yep. The Doesn't she crash the car into the tree? Yes. Because it, it gets stuck because yeah. it's tied yeah, to yeah, the tree. Yeah, yeah. Then she like reverses. And crashes it. Yeah. And then she gets out of the car and runs away. Mm-hmm. And somehow in this process, the killer has disappeared. Yes. Here's our question. We later discover that the killer 
was spoiler alert. You're gonna do it now? Yeah, I'm gonna do it now. Okay. Well, I don't know. No, because yeah, it, you should. You should. Because this is one of the this is where the movie starts to become yeah. inconsistent yeah. after you've seen it. Mm-hmm. So Brenda is the killer. Right. We won't tell you why. You gotta wait till the end of the podcast for that. Brenda's the killer. She's purposefully trying to kill Natalie of all people. Yes. Why she kills Damon. It doesn't it, make sense. It doesn't make sense, but we can assume it's to get to Natalie. Yeah. But why she doesn't kill Natalie then and there when Natalie gets out of the car, IDK. And her killing um, Michelle makes sense. Yeah. So, she like, was, Michelle she, makes sense, and then you the next kill is Damon, and doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense after no, that. No, Um, Caitlin. Have you heard of the person hanging from the tree with the car? No, I have not heard of that. Have you? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know. Yeah, I've heard different variations of it, but pretty much the gist is the same. Interesting. Um, I mean, I I knew that like the guy and the girl in the woods trope. Yeah. But I didn't know the hanging. Well, usually that one is, um, that one is followed up with, um, with the, the hook on the hand, the escaped serial killer. Like, they turn on the radio and they find out mm. that the serial killer escaped from the nearby yes. prison. Um, oh, uh, so Natalie goes to get the, what? <laughs> it was just so, uh, um, then. Well, I'm trying to remember this, <laughs> this off the cuff. The, Natalie goes to get the security guard, yes. Reese, and mm-hmm. they go back and the car's gone. Damon's right. body, gone. Everything is cleaned up except for one beer can. One dun, dun, beer can. Dun. Including the tire tracks. Yeah, that was weird. So Reese thinks that Natalie's been drinking and is making it. <laughs> and is thing. drunk by one beer. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Natalie brings this uh, to the attention of her friends. They say, oh, Damon's playing a prank. He is skiing somewhere yeah which is also like an issue i have with this movie so natalie sees her friend die and then they're like he's probably skiing we don't need to check on him i mean we knew that he was going to yeah we knew that he was gonna go away skiing but like no one is like the least bit concerned if someone came to me and was like oh my gosh this person died i would not write it off as like they're probably skiing and off on their trip i'd be like we need to find out for sure if he was a prankster the way Damon was, though, because what he does... What did he do up to he this point? He faked the Pop Rocks and... Okay, thing. I still think it's weak, but okay. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, Natalie goes to... At, at this point, Natalie determines that there is enough evidence to determine that this this murderer... Because we we know, she knows that both murders are connected, Michelle and Damon, Mm -hmm. that people are being murdered by urban legends. Yeah, I don't think that's enough evidence, though. No, it's really not. But she gets a book from the library (laughs) on urban legends. Right. Because she needs to know Mm -hmm. all the urban legends. Right. Like, she, but she legitimately goes straight from Damon being murdered to the library, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I can't remember if she talks to them first or if she goes to the library first, but... She gets the book at this point yeah. in time because she, the book sets up Tasha's the next murder, death. right? Which I think all takes place in the same same night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is the "Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light?" So Natalie goes back to her dorm, and 
uh, Tosh is in there being attacked by the killer. Correct. Tosh thinks that she's about to get a hookup, but yes. it turns out the murderer is just like going to get Playing her. with her. Yeah. yeah. That scene doesn't make sense at all. Is that kind of a, a call to the babysitter in the house one? No, because they, they do that the, later with oh, Parker. Okay, you're right. Okay. Uh, so Tosh is in the middle of being murdered. Mm-hmm. Natalie comes into the room. The lights are off. She thinks Tosh is having sex. Right. So she just leaves the lights off. Right. Like she, she learned does. her lesson. She did. She learned her lesson the first time. Puts her headphones in and goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. She wakes up the next morning, sees Tosh is dead. And there is a scribble on the wall that says, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Without a question mark. Without a question mark. Come on. Come on, Brenda. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But also, back to our original question, why didn't Brenda kill Natalie right then and there? She was sleeping. So, do do you want to hear my theory now? You know what? Let's hear your theory now. Okay, okay. So, here's what I think. I think that Brenda did, like, so, Brenda kills, um... Damon. No. Tosh. No. (laughs) Michelle. (laughs) Brenda kills Michelle. Got it. And there's a specific reason why. I won't say why, but she kills her for a specific reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that she gets... And and I think she kills Michelle in the way that she does because of the specific reason. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? A a little bit. Okay, so like, like she kills because... Of an urban legend, a traumatic urban legend event happened to her. Yeah. So she kills Michelle in the same way. She's going to do it with an urban legend. So she kills Michelle. So then I think she does plan on killing um, Natalie, but she kind of gets this, like, taste for, like, blood. For urban legends. For for killing. And she's like, I'm going to. For blood and urban legends. For blood and urban legends. She's like, this is exciting. So she's like, I'm going to mess with this girl. She's like, I'm going to mess her up in the head, just like I messed up in the head now because of this traumatic event that happened to me. So she starts just playing a game. So I think her initial goal was to kill Michelle, then Natalie, like, boom, boom. But she gets this, like, almost joy and excitement and feels life for the first time since this traumatic event happened to her. And she's like, I was going to mess with them. So she kills Damon because I don't know if she thought, like, Natalie and Damon were going to hook up or she just wanted to mess with Natalie more. But I think that's why she kills Damon. Then she just wants to mess with Natalie even more and kills Tosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's kind of my theory and so on and so forth. She just kind of wants to mess. And, and she's getting in the excitement and joy from killing. Okay. One question I have with your theory. Okay. It's not a bad theory. Okay. Why would she kill people that Natalie does not care about. Natalie doesn't really want to hook up with Damon. Right. We know that she doesn't have the best relationship with Tosh. It's not unreasonable to think that Natalie has talked to Brenda about how she doesn't have a good relationship with her roommate. Right, but I still think that, like, that's a scare. Like, I was in your room, I could have killed you. Like, she really is just psychologically messing with Natalie at that point. Okay, okay, okay. So, and I, and I do kind of wonder if just like, she's almost making Natalie feel like she's just barely escaping death with Damon and then Tosh. Okay. Follow up question. Yes. Follow up thought, really. It's not really a question. Okay. Her hiding in the backseat and killing Michelle Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily, 
it I think that conveniently fits an urban legend more so than purposefully follows an urban no, legend. No, I think it was on purpose. But she okay, but she was just hiding in the back seat yeah. probably waiting to get Michelle somewhere where she could kill her without anybody being around. I mean, she did that on campus just fine. I think she did it on purpose to be an urban mm, legend. Yeah. Uh, I I could see it going both ways. Okay. I could see it not being and being. Okay. I think that that's my justification as to why she did what she did. Yeah, it's not a bad justification. So at this point, Natalie confides to Brenda that uh, she and Michelle were friends. And they were in a situation in which they were driving along. Michelle was driving the car. That's important to note. Mm-hmm. And they decided to do the gang initiation uh, urban legend, which is where people, the gang supposedly drives with their headlights off and then waits for someone to flash their lights at them. And then they start following them and driving like a bat out of hell. This is an urban legend that I am familiar with and also believe. Oh, 100%. I'm pretty sure people have died by that. I'm, I, well, this movie proves it. <laughs> Everything that happens in this movie is realistic. No, but for real, I'm pretty sure people have died. I would not be surprised if this was the most true urban legend. Uh, Basically, they this guy flashes his lights at them, so they start following them. Mm -hmm. He ends up crashing and dying, and they get stuck with uh, probation for reckless endangerment and all these things. Paul decides he's going to start investigating urban legend and finds out that the Stanley Hall massacre was real and their urban legend professor was the only survivor. Which if we hadn't told you that Brenda was the killer already on this podcast, you you would would think like, oh, we're on to something here. Yeah, we're not. Um, And then the dean is killed in a um, uh, ankle slash by the car. Brenda's hiding underneath his yeah. car. I didn't know that was an urban legend. I didn't know it was an urban legend. Feels like a, it's more of a movie trope than yeah. an urban legend. Yeah, I could get on board with that. But maybe it's an urban legend. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, and then she runs him over with the car. And this whole time, the dean's like, there's, there's no murders going on. And the security guard's like, this is the something th- anniversary of that dormitory thing that happened Mm -hmm. shouldn't we have more security guards and he's like like, no no we don't need one security guard for this whole campus you're already working 24 7 (laughs) you'll be fine (laughs) you'll be fine you can handle this oh my gosh so he dies um i don't know why he killed her or why she killed him i don't like that that one doesn't even mess with natalie yeah because like i was saying he was the one who was trying to cover everything up. He right. was like inadvertently on her side. Right. Maybe so, she wants to get caught. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those kills that just happens because yeah. I guess it needed to happen. I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't really even think know it why. needed to happen. Same thing well, with the teacher. You're actually forgetting. So you're forgetting that before the dean dies, um, Natalie and, um, and Jared Leto go into the professor's, um, they sneak into the, so Paul and Natalie sneak into the professor's oh, room. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they find the parka. And they the find axe. the parka, and they find an axe. First of all, yeah, this 
This is concerning. This professor has a whole back room hidden behind a bookshelf where he keeps a parka, an axe, and like some dead animals. This is a very popular parka because we find out later that the janitor also has this parka. And the swim teacher. I don't know if that was a swim teacher or just a or friend. whatever. It was somebody. Yeah. And also another very confusing scene in the movie where this yeah. person walks into a swimming pool room. In a parka. In a parka. Like, wouldn't you come in through the locker room? Right. Why would you wear your swimsuit everywhere? And then a parka over that. Yeah. I don't. In the pool where it's hot and steamy. Right. Um, it is kind of funny, though, to see Natalie throw a chair at the window to yeah. try to, like, warn Brenda. Yeah. So so basically, Natalie and Paul, though, get into the um, they sneak into the professor's room, find all this stuff. Um, the professor catches them and they go to the dean. And this is where we find out that um, Natalie knew Michelle and that she w- was on probation and all of that. And so the dean um, kicks Paul oh, off, yeah, the kiss him off the newspaper mm-hmm. because we need to also think that Paul might be the murderer. Right. So it's it's just kind of setting up some other avenues. Yeah. And then the um, dean dies. Yeah. And then uh, Natalie, Brenda, Sasha, and Paul, they all attend a party at Parker's fraternity. Yes. To uh, celebrate the somethingth anniversary of the Stanley Hall massacre, mm-hmm. which is weird because everybody's dressed up. So I don't know if this is supposed to be is it like a, Halloween a Halloween party, party or what or what uh, fancy dress party. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, Paul tries to end the party by saying that there's a serial killer loose. Parker makes fun of him, saying that he's saying that Paul is murdering people to try and get. Uh, his likes on the newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, those early, which is n- like those late 90s likes, which is like real. Like, this is why I'm confused if they're friends or not. Why would Parker say about that? Yeah, that Parker to... shows up. He's like kind of a jerk to everybody yeah. and then disappears until it's time for him to be to a be jerk, jerk again. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think also... at one time I thought Parker was the killer. Because he was just such a horrible person. Yeah, and because he's not really in the movie that much. Right, that's true. Um, Similar to another movie that Jamie Blanks directed that's on our list. They also, he also feeds his dog beer. Yeah, that was... Kind of messed up. Yes. Uh, The killer calls Parker Mm -hmm. and is like messing with him. And he's like, oh, is this the babysitter who's calling from inside the house? Mm Mm-hmm. And there's like, no, this is the one where the old lady puts her dog in the microwave to dry it off. And then he realizes that his dog was put. Yeah, that was horrible. That was very unnecessary. Yeah. I don't know why they had to do that. I don't know. It was because the next thing we know, the killer's forcing Parker into the bathroom and shoving Pop Rocks and bathroom. Yeah. Drano down his throat. Yeah. Uh, Oh, there's this weird kid at the party who tells who tries to hit on Sasha a.k.a. Tara Reed, and tell her that the screams heard in this song are an actual murder. Uh, it's the song Love Roller Coaster, which I'd, I'd heard that urban legend, but not necessarily with that song. Yeah, I hadn't um, heard that urban legend. I had heard other rumor, uh, like, I think there's one with, like, a Collective Soul album where the hmm. girl got, like, stuck to a piece of glass with honey and died that way. I don't know. Ugh. Um, 
Sasha is attacked while she's doing a radio Wait, broadcast. hang on. Have you heard of the dog in the microwave? I did. Really? I haven't heard of that one. That's awful. Have you heard of the Drano one with the Pop Rocks? I think the, I think the killer is just trying to recreate Wait. the Pop Rocks and Soda One. Wouldn't that been a better death for Damon? Maybe. Okay. That would have that been... More fitting, yeah. I thought. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, to be honest, and this is uh, like, why did Parker have to die is another great question. Yeah, because, because Natalie he doesn't, doesn't seem even to be friends with him. Yeah. And Natalie, does, I don't even think she sees that he died. No, she never finds out that he died. Yeah. No, well, Maybe at the she, end, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end. Yeah. She finds his body. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. Um, then, uh, Sasha's attacked at the radio station. Mm-hmm. She's screaming on the radio and idiot at the party thinks that it's a bit yeah that she's like it's a what does he say like a performance art piece yes. where she's just screaming right uh oh here's also something and her um producer dies yeah while she's at the which why was he killed don't know okay. bloodlust um brenda sees natalie and paul getting intimate and mm-hmm. like shoves beer into their hands instead of dumping it on them, which yeah. is kind of a funny thing. And basically Brenda wanted to hook up with Paul and, yeah, Brenda's and Natalie been knew that. Hitting on Paul the whole movie and then Natalie and Paul connect. Which is kind of a over, jerk thing. It, it is a little bit of a jerk. See, I don't think Natalie's a good friend. I'm not saying she's a good friend. I'm just saying like it wasn't entirely her fault about the roommate situation. Natalie is not a very compelling protagonist because I don't really care about her. Yeah, which I kind of had some thoughts about her as an actress. Like, I don't feel like she had any emotion on her face. Like, the whole time in the movie, her face just looked like this. Yeah, she just kind of had this confused sadness. Yes, and that was the whole movie. Like, it never changed. (laughs) And I was like, does this girl have emotions? And even when we watched the interviews with all of them, that's the face she had on the whole time. Yeah. I was like, okay, show some emotion. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. I forgive her. So um, Sasha dies. Sasha dies. By just like getting killed by an axe. So at this point, I don't think that Brenda is killing in urban legend ways anymore. She's just murdering people. Yeah. Uh, it kind of stops after Parker. She just kills Sasha's producer. She kills Sasha. It's with more an axe. of a convenience that Sasha's screaming on the radio like that song. Yes. Then she had planned that. Yeah. Um, Paul and Natalie find each other again. Uh, Paul Paul goes to get help and realizes that the police were told not to help them. Which, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that seems like... I feel like that was a fancy way for them to just save money on the budget. Yeah. <laughs> we can't <laughs> not, afford all these caps and yeah. uniforms. <laughs> they, uh, they, um... Brenda, Natalie, Paul, they take off. Brenda says, do you smell that in the back seat?" Or maybe Natalie does. I don't know. One of them smells something. I think Brenda says that, yeah. They stop. Paul tries to call for help again. Mm-hmm. And they discover the professor's body in the back seat. Mm-hmm. All messed up. Brenda and Natalie take off running. I'm not even sure how the professor died. We never see it. Okay. We, we see the pool of blood whenever Reese discovers his backroom office. Okay. And then that's when we're now like, oh, he's not the killer. Right. Natalie and Brenda take off running. Paul gets in the car and goes off after them. We think Paul's they think, the killer. Yeah, they kind of set it up to be like, oh, it's Paul. He's the killer. Because it was, it was Paul's car. 
Yeah. This movie does a lot to make you think that everybody is the killer. Right. Like, it's almost working too hard. Yeah. 100%. So, uh, somehow Brenda gets left behind. Yeah. And Natalie keeps running, runs into the janitor, who's very creepy, but actually a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. Who's the secret hero of this movie. (laughs) She discovers he has the same parka, tries to get out. Everyone wore this parka. Who doesn't have this parka? I don't know. Everyone. The uh, He's driving along, and then all of a sudden, Paul's SUV shows up behind him, doing the gang initiation flashing light thing. Correct. Uh, chases them. They get into an accident. Poor janitor's dead. He's just trying to do his job. I know. Just trying to be a nice guy and help them that out. That was really the saddest death in the film. Natalie's left alone long enough to walk back to campus. Where I don't know. Everything is within walking distance yeah. to this campus, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, she goes to Stanley Hall and hears Brenda screaming, goes up there, and this is when we find out why Brenda's killing people. Yes. She also discovers the bodies of Parker and Damon in this place. Oh, yeah. She, like, opens a closet and they're in there or something. Yeah. Yeah. Damon's hanging still. Yeah. And Parker is shoved in a barrel. Yes, that's right. All covered in blue Drano. Yeah. And we discover that... Brenda's boyfriend was the person who was killed by Michelle and Natalie during their urban legend gang initiation prank. Yes. And they were engaged. Yeah, they were Brenda, engaged yeah. after high school. Mm-hmm. And so Brenda's like, I'm Bren- going to kill you because you killed my fiance. By taking your kidney out and selling it on the black market. Oh, yeah, because she wakes up in... No, she doesn't wake up in a tub. No, that's in the second one. Okay. But she wakes up. She's tied to the bed. She's tied to the bed, yeah. At some point between tying or like Brenda knocking out Natalie and Natalie waking up, she puts the parka back on. (laughs) This parka is very important. It's so important to her character. Um, Paul shows up, tries to save the day. Uh, Brenda doesn't believe her believe him re shows up what do you mean brenda doesn't believe him well because you remember he tries to pretend like he's gonna help her out oh yeah yeah and he can write the story yeah and they can be lovers together mm-hmm. brenda doesn't buy it re shows up gets i think she gets stabbed yeah but then saves the day by shooting brenda out the window yeah <laughs> brenda falls to her death uh no i'm getting there <laughs> And then we get a nice little scene where Paul and Natalie are driving off into the night together. Mm-hmm. And then Paul says the line. Hold on, I wrote it down. They're, they're talking about the urban legend of this urban legend okay. murder. And he says, well, if this is an urban legend, where's the twist? And that's when... Twist. Brenda's in the back seat, tries to murder them. Paul swerves, slams on the brakes... She launches out the window and mm-hmm. lands in the river below. Mm-hmm. And they see her body sink below the water. Cut to final scene. It's a new school with very strange clothing choices. <laughs> Is it the future? I couldn't tell. Like, I mean, I don't mean the future. I mean, it's... Obviously, everything's the future. Anytime after <laughs> Brenda falling would be, it the would be the future. Is it supposed to be another year? 
I think it's another year at another school. Okay, so just like one year though. We're not like Maybe. huge time jumping. I don't know. Unless they think that like these clothes are <laughs> futuristic clothes. That's why that, I was confused. It kind of looks like that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, but she's not that much older. No. Okay. So these kids are, are telling the urban legend of the urban legend killer. Yes. And who is there? Brenda. Brenda. And she says, here's how it really happened. End of movie. Yes. And that's how it all goes down. So, again, we go back to the original question. Why is Brenda killing all of these extra people? Yeah. Did it, Do you know the answer to that? Please tell me. I don't, I don't know. Because it doesn't really make sense the more you think about it. No, it doesn't. Um, so, this movie had a budget of $14 million. I was able to find the worldwide gross on it. Would you like to take a guess what that was? All right, let me think. Worldwide gross on an urban legends movie. It's a scream. I mean, like horror film, so yeah. it's got to be making. So, what was the? How much did they spend? What was the budget? Fourteen million. Fourteen million. I'm gonna say they made. This is worldwide. This isn't worldwide. domestic. Okay. I'm gonna say nine million. Nine million. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. this movie actually. Made its budget back. Really? Would you like to guess how much over it budget? Okay, 16? Uh, much more than that. What? 25. This movie made $34 million. Wow. Which I am bad at explains why they were able to make a sequel to it. Urban Legend Final, or Urban Legends Final Cut. Fun fact about this movie, the Latin motto of the school translates to the best friend did it. Really? Yeah. That's really funny. I found that It out. Uh, just gives away the the title there, or yeah. the plot there. Um, Caitlin, would you like to share the Where Are They Now for uh, Rebecca Gayhart? Where are they now? Um, oh, this is interesting. Okay, so Rebecca Gayhart, she was just in a news story recently that she is like on probation or something like that because she was driving under the influence and hit and killed a child. Yeah. And I just thought that was kind of fitting for this movie. She gets all like, y'all killed my boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, now she on probation for doing such a thing. Yeah. So that's really horrible. But that's where she is now. Yeah. She's trying to rebuild her life, she said, because it's been like a year or something. Uh, we all know that Jared Leto was in Suicide Squad. He also has his very popular band, 30 Seconds to Mars. Uh, Alicia Witt was in, her most recent was a movie, Christmas on Honeysuckle Lane. It was mm. a TV movie. But it was a uh, With Colin Hallmark. Ferguson. It looks like it was a Hallmark movie. <laughs> uh, who else should we look up? Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 recently, and we all know him as Lex Luthor from Smallville. Um, Who else? What's Joshua Jackson doing? He was in that TV show The Affair recently. Oh, yeah. He was in, yeah. Which started in 2014. Uh, No, he was in Fringe. That was pretty big. Wow. So that's that's what everybody's doing. You know, this movie... Where's Jared Leto? I told you. (laughs) I know. I literally just said that like 30 seconds ago. Oh, my bad. I'm trying to figure out what my favorite line is. Oh, my favorite line is easily when Brad Dourif yells, someone's in the back seat. 
<laughs> I was I want to hear a count of how many times that's yelled because I feel like it's yelled more than it should be. No, I think it's just that one time. No, because the guy stutters it. Well, he he tries to stutter it. Yeah, so he yells that, and then when they're in the car, Natalie and uh, Paul. I don't think they say that. They don't. I don't oh, okay. That. I thought they said it. I don't know. My bad. Um. I would honestly not do anything to improve this movie. No, I don't think you need to do anything to improve the movie. I mean, I think that focusing on Brad Dourif and giving a little bit more attention to the Michelle investigation would mm-hmm. be would help a little bit. Maybe give a little explanation. Like, just give me a throwaway line why Brenda continues to. Yes. That would be very helpful if we knew why Brenda was just killing people. Like, yeah. Natalie makes sense. Michelle makes sense. I wish Why that there was more between? of like, yeah, uh, more of like a, oh, this person was involved this way or like I had to kill these people to cover it up or yeah. like something exactly. like that. Exactly. Exactly. That would be very good. Do you think Natalie and Paul will last? Mm, let me think about this. From a psychological perspective, they went through a very traumatic event together. So they have that kind of emotional tie, but then they're going to be reminded of, of that traumatic event day in and day out in their relationship. So I'm going to say no. But Paul saved her life. So she, there's that whole like hero, hero factor thing. to it. But then there's also the fact that Natalie is not really a fun person to be no, around. No, she's not. <laughs> I'm going to say that they won't last. Paul's a workaholic also. Yeah. So. That's destined to I fail. I could see him becoming a workaholic and her like drinking and <laughs> like trying to drown her sorrows in the lithium that she finds from Tosh. Yes. <laughs> There we go. Do you have anything else that you want to say before we get into our fancy new segment? No, I think that's it. So during our last episode, we teased something special for our upcoming 10th episode. And we're very excited to announce the DBMDNRL. You're going to have to say it every week because I'm going to mess that up so much. Okay. Well, that stands for the Definitive Bad Movie Date Night Ranking List. All right. DBMDNRL. <laughs> it's a lot to, to spit out. Okay. Essentially, what we have done is we have compiled, we have ordered our movies that we have watched so far. With mathematical precision. Yes. Based on a ranking of rewatchability, how bad a movie is, which includes poor story and poor quality. Thank you. And the enjoyment of watching this movie. Mm -hmm. And so we've ranked these movies based on that. And we will post a picture of our definitive list after uh, on Instagram after this episode comes out. Yes. And every week we will rank this movie that we watch based on this definitive bad movie date night ranking list. And so this is going to be so you can go to your friends and you can say. We should watch this movie because it has been definitively approved to be an excellent bad movie by Bad Movie Date Night. Yes. So our list, as it stands right now, in order of, uh, like we said, these are movies that are highly rewatchable. Yes. They have a very bad story and the quality is not good. Uh, the, the, the worse that we did, the worse the story is and the worse the quality is, the higher the score is for that. We want these movies to be as bad as possible. Correct. And then obviously the more enjoyable a movie is to watch, the higher the score. So as it stands right now, it goes Chopping Mall is number one, Stalked by My Doctor, Patient's Revenge is number two, 
Battlefield Earth is number three. Jason X is number four. Worker Man at number five. When in Rome is number six. Ghost of Girlfriend's Past is number seven. Over Her Dead Body is number eight. And The Meg is number nine. I realize I probably should have read that in opposite order so that people oh. would be surprised by what was higher up Mall. on our list. Surprise, yes. surprise. Um, well, I should let people know that Chopping Mall and Stocked by My Doctor, Patient's Revenge, had a tie. But we just, Chopping Mall is a special place in our home. Yeah. Because that kind, of, that kind of triggered this whole journey that we've been on. It is a great movie. It is. I would it is like the over. first movie we show to people when we are like, we should watch a bad movie. Correct. Chopping Mall. Exactly. Yeah. We really need to do Valentine. Yeah. Because that deserves a high place on this list. It too. does. We're okay. going to do that on for our Valentine episode. Oh, I'm so excited. So, Caitlin. Yes. Based on our ranking information, mm-hmm. where on our list would you put Urban Legend? I think that Urban Legend has a high rewatchability. Yes. Because I do rewatch it. The story is poor because I have a lot of questions yes, about we're, it. Yes, we're left with a lot of questions after it's it. It's not bad quality, though. No, no, no. The quali- this is probably the highest quality movie that we've, well, next to The Meg, because The Meg yeah. is just like a summer blockbuster. Yeah. But I would say that this is probably comparable since it, with its use the of The Wicker Man effects. might be a little bit better. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, it's really not bad quality. Um, and enjoyment of watching for me is pretty high as well. So I think I would have to put it under Chopping Mall. Um, personally. See, I don't think that the story is as poor as Chopping Mall is. And the quality kind of root, the quality kind of brings that rating down mm-hmm. for me a little bit. I think realistically, it would have to go around Jason X. I want really? it to be higher on the list because I do enjoy watching it so much. It has to be higher than Jason X. Okay, I would put it between Battlefield Earth and Jason X. Because the story's not as bad as Battlefield Earth. No. And the, the quality's not as bad. Not as bad. It does have a higher rewatchability, rewatchability and a high enjoyment. So maybe Battlefield Earth didn't have a high rewatchability or enjoyment. So it should really go above Battlefield Earth. So it should be Chopping Moss, Docked by My Doctor, Urban Legend, Battlefield okay. Earth. I'll do that. Okay. I'll do that. Okay, so Urban Legend is now taking the number three spot on our list. Yes. Next week, we are we we decided we're going to continue with the Urban Legend movies. Ooh, I'm so excited. So next week, we're going to watch Urban Legend, final the Urban Legends. I forgot the next ones are plural. Yeah, that's weird. Final Cut. Which isn't as great as the first one. No, it's definitely but. not. And then after that, which we were very excited to watch Urban Legends Bloody Mary. Yes. We've not watched that one yet. No, I'm pumped. Recently found out that Michael Daughtry is one of the uh, writers on it. That's how he so got to start. Uh, which you may or may not know, Michael Daughtry has made some of the best horror movies of all time. And Trick or treat. And he recently was given the reins to a certain Godzilla of King of the Monsters blockbuster. Which was pretty great. It was pretty great. So yeah, keep an eye out on Instagram and Facebook for the DBMDNRL and let us know if you think that anything on the list needs to be changed. We're not going to change it because this is our list. And uh, <laughs> But you can tell us if you disagree. Yeah. And um, do you have anything else? 
Um, no, but I am so pumped to finish these urban legend movies. So I am too. Better get ready because it's gonna be crazy. All right, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Journey into Film. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Doesn't have to be a five star review. We want to give you the show that you want. Tell us when we don't name Meet actors correctors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actors correctors. When we don't name actors correctly. Tell us when we don't speak good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, and we will talk to you guys next week. Woohoo!